the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the, the green, green peak. peak with your host, Richard Zwicky. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. And joining us today, we have Brian McLaren, who's the CEO of Zone Properties. Welcome aboard, Brian. Hey, thanks so much, Richard, for having us on. Yeah. So, you know, we've had a couple of uh, industry participants who work on the pro- or have companies on the property side. And, you know, Zone, though, is a publicly traded corporation that is focused on as a strategic real estate development firm working with companies in the cannabis industry. One, you're public. Second, you're focused not just on cannabis, but is also, I think there's a lot of sustainability to your mandate. How do you differ and how, what sets you apart? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you maybe the high level view and we'll dive in wherever uh, you and the audience audience wants us to go here. So um, yeah, we've been at this for almost a decade. Um, Zone Properties is a public company, as you mentioned. So we navigate multiple lanes of compliance and regulatory requirements. Um, And one of the ways we approach that is by specifically operating as an ancillary company. So when it comes to the regulated regulated cannabis space, we're non-plant touching. Mm -hmm. Um, And essentially as a company, uh, as you mentioned, we're a real estate development firm. So our background and expertise is on everything related to identifying, developing, and delivering a successful real estate project. Um, And in that approach for our business, um, we have expertise and specialty on really complex and highly regulated industries, regulated cannabis, obviously just exploding across um, North America and the world right now. That's where the vast majority of our project and company focuses on. Mm-hmm. Um, and really how, how we got here and, and how we got to our specialty, um, myself and our team, we all come from kind of urban planning, um, real estate development, or highly regulated industries like the franchising industry. Um, and what's very fascinating to me, I, I started my career in the sustainable development industry Um, And at the time was working on lots of local community projects that required uh, navigating permitting and zoning. Um, So, for example, if you want to put a wind turbine up in a in a town that's never had one, uh, you need to get approvals and and work through that process to do so. Uh Um, And and exactly the same for regulated cannabis, brand new emerging industry. Um, you know, thousands and thousands of municipalities, counties, provinces, states, you know, obviously navigating this new industry. And when it comes to the real estate, there is so much that goes on in the background for how to find these properties, how to get them permitted correctly, um, and then everything through the design, construction, development, and operations. So that's, that's what we do here at Zoned Property. Yeah, so, you know, there's a few different areas to go into there, which are quite interesting. Zoned, as far as your focus goes, do you spend most of your focus in Arizona? You mentioned, you know, obviously states and provinces 
which obviously shows an awareness of what's going on elsewhere. Do you work across the entire North American market or focus just on? Yeah, yeah great question, Rich. So um, we're based here in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, okay. and we're definitely a boutique firm. So our company is built on a small core team. Uh, and then we have project managers in various locations, depending on client needs. Um, we've worked now in over 15 states or provinces, um, strictly in North America. So we've, we have done some advising and participation in cannabis projects in other countries, but the core of our business is here in, in the U.S. Uh -huh. um, our Canadian connection, I just happen to be from London, Ontario. So, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I like yeah. London. Great, great uh, <laughs> festival every every summer or spring for the uh, for right. Shakespeare. That's right. Yeah. Um, so certainly connected to my roots um, up there and have interacted with quite a few cannabis projects. But for zoned properties, our company typically either enters a project as a capital investment and acquisition where we buy and develop the property. Uh, and we have a portfolio of properties currently only here in Arizona, but we have acquired, developed, and sold some properties in other states. And then we do third-party advising and transactional brokerage work um, all across the country. So um, we're very state agnostic, um, have had quite a bit of experience navigating each of those markets, but I'm sure as you and your listeners know pretty well, every single state market is quite different. Um, uh -huh. So navigating, you know, how to actually apply and win a license for an operational facility and then how to integrate that into real estate requirements. That's where we come in. Right. And, you know, when I compare that against some other uh, companies that are working in the space, you know, some, some look at the projects as pure real estate and they don't get involved in the, in the industry that's going into the space other than from a compliance perspective, ensuring that, you know, if somebody's operating a business, they have a license that is aligned properly, but right. your, your firm actually gets involved in helping companies understand the regulatory framework and the zoning and the permitting. And I think also some of the, uh, probably some of the relationships with local and state politicians would come into play with that. How, where do you draw the line in terms of what you will and won't do from a, right. from a liability perspective? Right, great question. And probably one of the most important distinguishing factors for us as a company, when it comes to that real estate side, there's a fork in the road. Uh -huh. um, and, and the difference is there, on one hand, you have zoned properties in our team. We're on the development side, the advisory side, the brokerage side. So as you mentioned, we're very intimately involved in those projects alongside our clients. We approach that as really being a member of their brain trust. Right. Um, down the other path in the road, on the other side of the fork, is really the kind of hands-off passive real estate investment process. And typically, you'd see that in a form of a REIT, a real estate mm -hmm. investment trust, where really they're serving as the, the bank. They're providing right. financing. They underwrite and do their research and due diligence. And if the project meets the criteria, they write a check. Sometimes they acquire that property and lease it back to the operator. Other times, they make just a direct commercial debt investment um, whereas for zoned properties, we have kind of the flexibility to be creative on some of these deals. Um, so we very specifically never take an equity ownership in the operator. So we very truly mm -hmm. are just on the real estate side. 
Um, and when, when a project is a potential candidate for an investment for us, we also participate in the development in advising the operator. Um, and that, I mean, for us, that was really born out of necessity. Um, when we got started and really built out the company back in 2014, 2015, if you didn't keep a close eye on the project, even with a phenomenal cannabis company and, a, and an experienced team, there's just so much complexity on the real estate side. There's a lot of risk to any investment you make. So right. in the beginning, by necessity, we wanted to keep our eye on that project and also be involved to help ensure it was done right. And then in addition, Rich, just our, our base values for our company, we really truly see our role as advocates for the cannabis industry, uh, consider ourselves ambassadors for the local communities, the local planning offices, and really our bread and butter is, is being that liaison or connector. We've helped build and write local codes and, and just trying to educate everyone involved from local decision makers to neighbors to voters. You know, here's what cannabis can do to help increase prosperity in your community if it's done the right way. Right. Um, you know, and that's a really interesting approach that you're, you're bringing to it because obviously on both sides, the uh, entrepreneur who's starting in or getting involved in the cannabis industry or even just getting involved in a new jurisdiction and the, and the regulators, you know, be they local or statewide, have an amazing amount of questions that they need bridges built to bridge the gaps. That's right. That and it's, a lot it, of your time. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and we try to be really sensitive to avoid any conflict of interest. So um, our clients are all either property owners or cannabis companies or operators. Um, but we are, we are that bridge and we really try to take a patient and persistent and kind approach. Uh, I mean, you think through what's happened how quickly cannabis has emerged recently, even though this has been a many decades long grassroots battle. Um, but a lot of the times you have state or province legalization or sometimes national legalization, and it ends up being, you know, an individual human being somewhere that has to figure out what that means for the local county, municipality, township. Uh -huh. um, so New Jersey and New York are great examples. We've got state legalization that's happened there and there's a there's a clock there's a time limit by which the townships can choose to opt in or opt out of these programs um, and those local township offices and, and decision makers have to become educated very quickly and they're simultaneously listening to potential cannabis companies that want to be there but potential citizens and voters that maybe are you know, have been hearing the propaganda of the war on drugs for decades that's just wrong information. No, absolutely. And we should come back to that after the break because the power of the local regulator is amazing around the world in these circumstances. But we do have to take a short break. We're on with Brian McLaren, who's the CEO of Zone Properties, and we'll be back on the Green Peak in just a minute. I'm Richard Zwicky. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah. 
how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success, Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak with Brian McLaren uh, with Zone Properties. And Brian, you know, just before the break, we we're talking a bit about the local regulators. And, you know, we've actually covered a lot of lot of ground, I think, uh, uh, with regards to it. But, you know, I mean, I've had some interesting uh, experiences where, you know, the regulator in one town, uh, city, or even just at an airport, uh, the customs officer who can make a choice to enforce a regulation in a way that was not intended can have an incredible impact on the industry as a whole. Sure. How much of that do you run across? A, a lot, a lot. So I just, my background kind of coming from the sustainable development community planning industry, I just kind of consider myself a, a local community nerd. I like to get involved <laughs> with how the systems work. And yep. at the end of the day, for all the listeners, no matter how frustrating an experience you might have dealing with a local vote or a hearing, the vast, vast majority of these decision makers are just trying to make the right decision for their community. Um, and a lot of the time that we spend, Rich, talking and trying to educate local planners and local um, board of aldermen members or township mm -hmm. hearing members, um, it's all about getting up-to-date information in front of them. And to your point, it is oftentimes quite subjective. They're having to make a quick decision based on whatever headline they read in the newspaper recently. Um, and, and what is wonderful about where we are this year, 2021, going into 2022 next year for cannabis, we're starting to see very good objective data that all of the old fears that local decision makers were being told or had about cannabis is, is being shown to be quite the opposite. So old Nixon era propaganda has just been wrong. We know yes. now that prosperity metrics increase almost always when, when well-managed cannabis programs come to town. So property values go up, jobs are created, strong economic development and tax dollars go to the local community. And so much so that we're now seeing mayors of towns. I just saw one um, out of Massachusetts the other week where the mayor is going on record saying, we're so pleased we passed the program and we were so wrong about our fears leading into this. Um, and I just, that's so powerful to me because it's one thing for a company like Zoned Properties to genuinely come in and try and help educate and influence at the local level, it's a whole nother powerful occurrence for those individuals to reach out to their peers in other locations and find out what was their experience? What challenges did they have in their city or town? Um, and that's what I love about cannabis is the grassroots movement. This really is a power of the people. And for us on the real estate side, we're trying to help cannabis companies navigate that. And we're trying to help the real estate development be built in the right way with good energy efficient designs and protect real estate investor dollars all along the way. 
Right. Um, and, you know, protecting investor dollars is paramount for any organization. And it's, you know, it takes time, it takes effort. And I think everybody expects an overnight return or used to, but reality is that it's a business and it's going to take the time it takes to develop fully. Um, but, you know, when I, when, as you're speaking, I'm just thinking, you know, as you were speaking about earlier, you've got the, you know, the real estate group, which is got a one financial model in terms of the return on the growth of the asset value around the real estate. And then you've got, if I understood correctly, almost two different groups within the services side, you've got your uh, group that provides the advisory services, but also one that seems to be like a, a turnkey franchise operation for people who are trying to open up. Do I understand it properly? That's right. Yeah. And, and we've been on such an evolution in our history at Zoned. One of the reasons we've pivoted a couple of times in the industry is just we've been following what the industry is needed. So, right. so we certainly have our core services at Zoned Properties, advising mm -hmm. on projects, handling license brokerage transactions. So those are buy and sell, lease negotiations, you know, everything you'd imagine with, with setting up a piece of real estate. But we also have a couple of strategic ancillary projects. So we have a few property technology projects having to do with navigating zoning maps and really democratizing how cannabis operators and specifically also social equity operators can approach real estate without needing millions and millions of dollars um, for that challenge. Um, and then our franchise project you mentioned has <laughs> um, been probably one of the most exciting things we've done as a company. So we recognized that there was significant risk in real estate acquisition and investment when it came to a retail dispensary site. Those right. brick and mortar cannabis dispensary stores, um, the investment risk is that that operator potentially might fail. They may right. miss miscompliance or uh, part of their standard operating procedures. And so over the years, we had done due diligence and vetting on hundreds and hundreds of dispensary investment opportunities. And we kept coming up with the same conclusion that there was an area of risk that made it really difficult to invest in that dispensary project. And these are you know, anywhere from a half a million to $2 million per investment opportunity. Um, but the vast majority of the risk actually had nothing to do with cannabis expertise. Almost every single one of these entrepreneurs or companies, mom and pops, or an individual who used to be in the legacy underground market and transitioning into the regulated market, they know their craft, they know cannabis, and they know their consumers. What they struggle with is transitioning into a regulated business. So how to keep good books and records, how to get improvement on your efficiency, on your best practices, standard operating procedures. Um, and that's really where the franchise concept comes from. Right. Empowering real um, regulated cannabis retail license holders, so dispensary companies, um, to be able to continue operating and owning their own business but getting help through the franchise system. Um, and I met just an amazing professional years ago who's the one of the co-founders and CEO of Open Door Dispensaries. That's the <laughs> brand of the franchise project. 
project. Okay. Um, and she spent decades building out franchising for quick service retail and restaurants. Right. Um, and really just in a lot of brainstorm sessions, we came up with this project for cannabis, a real market need. And I love her phrase she uses all the time is franchising is all about being for yourself, but not by yourself. So absolutely, you don't need, you don't need to sell your company to, to a big national operator if you don't want to, though there's made uh -huh. benefits if that's, you know, fits the bill for, for many individuals. Um, and you get to come alongside a team of experts in the franchise company with a brand that's got power behind it and value behind it. And then for zoned properties, the reason we partnered up with open door dispensaries, we also made an investment of startup capital to help them build the company and build the franchise. For us, it's a natural fit. It's a way for us to increase the potential value of a real estate investment in the brick and mortar site and mitigate our risk. Right. And then, you know, the value of a, of a franchise <clears throat> as the, you know, the operator is tremendous because it's hard work putting together all the operating manuals, the SOP, the, you know, the SOPs, all the other documentation, the compliance requirements and everything else. So having that not dropped into your lap, but coming as part of a franchise operation is a huge time saver, but also uh, removes a lot of the logistical nightmares. So that makes a ton of sense. So if, you know, if you ex understand what you're explaining properly, um, you've got a data services company, which uses GIS to help identify where are retail locations available and possible that could be good opportunities for a business to open. Um, I need to understand if that's just retail or if it's also for companies that want to produce. You've got, once you have those identified, you know, if an individual is looking to open up in one of the markets you work in, you help negotiate and uh, deal with the leasing and, you know, maybe an acquisition of the property or maybe it's a lease under certain circumstances. And then you also are able to recommend or work with the open door solution that you've got to help them manage the, the operation going forward. Is that really the... That's Three right. Pillars? Yeah, that's right, Rich. It's it's we've tried to really build from start to finish everything an operator may need when it comes to the real estate and some value added services attached to the real estate. And that the data platform specifically, which we haven't launched yet, we're still working on. Um, but our partner on that is a company uh, called Zonomics, and they've perfected a online platform where you can navigate all those zoning pieces of information. Uh, they built out their platform for non-cannabis. And so when right. I met the CEO, Matthew Player, a few years ago, we started talking about, well, how can you reskin this for cannabis? And, and it's really you know, one of his core values I mentioned earlier, which is democratizing the real estate. It's so huge because a company... A company in cannabis that needs to identify a properly zoned and permittable piece of real estate, meaning it meets all the local requirements to get a permit and open for business, yep. it can be extremely difficult in cannabis. Um, there's all these custom and unique requirements, depending what, what location or town or state you're in. Sometimes you have to be a thousand feet from from any churches, daycares, parks. Sometimes those distances are different in each zoning district. Um, and, and 
to really do that effectively, you either need to be prepared to educate yourself dramatically and become a zoning expert, or typically you would call a company like Zoned Properties that may have the expertise, or you're calling a local land use attorney and you might spend fifty dollars to $100,000 simply identifying and getting the proper permitting for that site. So our, our goal with this GIS and, and kind of green zone mapping system is not to replace that whole process. There's still very important to have experts on your team, to have proper land use attorney work. But what we're trying to do is really narrow down that haystack so that when it comes to trying to find the needle, you're at least looking in the right haystack. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we do have to take another break, but we will be back uh, again in a minute with Brian McLaren from Zone Properties. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak with Brian McLaren from Zone Properties. And Brian, you know, before the break, we were talking about all of the different areas zones touching into. And we can talk, and I'd like to talk a bit about the future of where a lot of this is going. But, you know, with what you're doing, you're looking at so many different areas of the industry, not just the real estate, but you're looking at the, the zoning and you're looking at, from the franchise perspective, um, the items and a business tools that people need to operate a business in the space. What takes you by surprise that you look at um, regularly and think, wow, there's a real gap in the market around this part of the solution that isn't out there. I'm surprised it hasn't been addressed. It's in other industries. Yeah. Yeah. Great question, Rich. And maybe the perfect analogy here as a couple uh, fellow Canadians is looking to our old legend, Wayne Gretzky. It's uh, mm -hmm. You know, the thing I, I'm, I think the smart operators are thinking about with that Gretzky analogy is not where the puck is, but skate to where the puck's going, right? Right. Um, and so when it comes to the real estate, local zoning, it's easy to get lost in the forest. So as thousands, I mean, I was just looking up the other day in the most recent uh, U.S. census. Um, how many different local governments there are and between all the counties and municipalities, townships, districts, there's almost 90,000 um, separate governing bodies locally. Amazing. Um, and those are, you know, those are 90,000 different discussions and zoning codes and ways to navigate the industry. But if we start to think about skating towards where the puck's going, what's the future of cannabis? Where is it going two, five, ten 10 years from now? 
on the real estate side, it's so important to think about that as you're choosing where you want to go. I mean, currently we have a, a state by state marketplace here in the US at least. Uh, and no one really knows where federal legalization structure is going to end up. Are we going to have interstate transport? You almost have to imagine that this is a, a commoditized agricultural product or a custom, highly regulated medicinal product. Um, and so when it comes to the real estate, factoring in what's the approach, what's the strategy? If you're a retail-only um, cannabis operator, you know, where do you want to position that, that retail brick and mortar site to best serve the most consumers or your, your patients? Um, but when it comes to these larger processing cultivation sites, that's a factor that really needs to be taken into account. Um, you know, how much money are you going to put into a highly sophisticated greenhouse development and what your timeline is, if potentially five years down the road, you're going to be competing with a, a national agricultural cannabis grower that's shipping nationally or continentally or internationally. Um, and that's just something that's not, I don't see discussed that much. And we still might be early in the industry, but real estate's a long-term game. You know, a Real estate's a long-term are, game. And a lot of the issues you're raising, you know, it may not be dealt with in the US, but it is, these are problems for the global markets. Absolutely. And it's, it's easy to get lost in, you know, wanting to build out the best and the biggest and the shiniest. <laughs> what we've seen um, up in the Canadian market is certainly a, a number of really sophisticated, really expensive greenhouses that have closed because that market <laughs> has shifted and those are potentially hundreds of millions of dollars that are kind of sitting as, as potential sunk costs. So well, a lot of those were built as press releases, unfortunately. That's too. right. That's right. <laughs> totally. And, and the difference between uh, operating a, a uh, blue sky company versus a boots on the ground company is quite different. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's so that, I think that's to conclude on that, Rich. It's just about really focusing on what the strategic objectives are for each individual project team and then how it's going to fit into the industry as a whole. How are you going to best serve your community, your investors, um, and your team? Absolutely. And, you know, as you mentioned, there's 90,000 different jurisdictions and, you know, you've got the facility to use the, uh, I think you call it these Zonomics um, platform or a variant thereon as your own tool, which helps identify where the appropriate regulations are for the business that somebody's trying to open. You know, that takes a lot of the guesswork and a lot of the legwork, not just guesswork, but the, out of the uh, process of investigating um, where to open your business once you've decided you want to do it. But there's always the next challenge. Where do you see the next challenges opening up or being the ones that need to be addressed over the next year for, for the entrepreneur? Yeah, and that maybe shifts slightly versus the conversation we've been having, Rich. I, I see that real challenge being more in the sphere of other ancillary professionals. Um, <laughs> so it, it's... It's something that I think is pretty exciting and it's somewhat recent, but if I look at the history over the past really eight years now that Zoned Properties has been at this, only in the past six to maybe now eight months have we been getting a lot of calls from other ancillary real estate professionals. So what right. I mean by that is non-cannabis people 
that have a lot of experience and expertise in other industries. So real uh -huh. estate brokers, real estate CPAs, developers, contractors, all these groups of people that either didn't think cannabis was coming the way it was or wouldn't take on a cannabis project. It's normalizing, it's adapting. Everyone's seeing the value this industry brings to all of us. So the, the challenge moving forward is, is getting those folks educated as well. Um, how do we make sure that some really great real estate brokerages can start tackling cannabis projects? Uh, uh -huh. How do we make sure that land use attorneys um, that are some of the most important professionals that interact with local community planners, you know, building out cities and working on urban planning, how do we make sure they understand cannabis enough um, to be able to take on those projects in a great way? So that I see kind of the next 12 to 18 months being really important um, that we don't lose sight of where we've come from. We stand on the shoulders of giants that have spent decades advocating grassroots movement, bringing us to this point. Um, but now we need to make sure we don't alienate the rest of the people who maybe didn't hop on the bandwagon early. You know, it's getting them on now is great, just as well. Bringing them on, increasing the momentum of the movement of this industry. Uh, and, and I truly believe if we are effective in doing that, uh, it, it will contribute so significantly to the value of cannabis becoming a strong cornerstone of our communities rather than kind of zoned into the corners um, and kind of hidden out of plain sight. You know, these cannabis belongs on Main Street, not hidden in kind of the back street. It is a Main Street business. And, you know, as you know, we've talked about on another show, it, you know, the there's a generational generational change in terms of politicians and regulators. And the younger generations are much more open minded, even the ones who let's say don't necessarily choose to participate. They they understand it, look at it as, on its merits, not based on all sorts of disinformation for the most part. There's still sure. some who operate, sure. you know, that's in the dark right. ages, but that's true of anything. Um, Brian, we are out of time for today, but this has been really great as a conversation. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today on the Green Peak. Yeah, and thanks so much, Rich, for having us. It's been great to chat with you and happy to come back and talk cannabis and real estate anytime. I look forward to that. And thanks to everybody for listening. If you do have questions for Brian, you can reach him through zoneproperties.com. Um, Brian, is there an email address people should use as well? Yeah, get in direct contact with me for anyone listening. It's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at zonedproperties.com. Or you can also send an email to clients at zonedproperties.com. And we'd be happy to speak with anyone working on cannabis projects or interested to learn more. Fantastic. Thanks, Brian. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back again next week. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.